Welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. If you're looking for news, tips, and stories about fishing the Great Lakes, you've come to the right place. And now your host, Chris Larson. Hello and welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast. Back on episode 50, we did a best of trout and salmon show. Today's show is all about walleye fishing. We take a look back at some of the top sound bites from our previous walleye shows. We visited with Captain Jim Steele back in January, and he's a charter captain on Lake Erie in western New York, and he owns Innovative Outdoors, a fishing retail shop. Steele says the good old days of fishing Lake Erie are right now, but it hasn't always been that way. I mean, it's, it's better than it ever has been. Right now you're talking estimated between 42 and 43 million fish right across the lake. We have about 250,000 resident fish. So the migration comes from the western basin to the Erie Basin and then it moves back. But our resident fish that stay here is about 250,000. So that's still great numbers which actually gives it where New York has a closed season that protects our resident fish mm -hmm. compared to like Ohio and stuff like that. They have the numbers to be able to fish it all year. A lot of the management, but like before we started this program, uh, we were talking about the zebra mussels. When they first came in, it was something that came from the, the villages, the, the freighters and stuff like that. And the original thing was it was going to kill the lake, which at that point, they actually, like I said, back in 1970, the lake was actually considered a dead lake. So to me, it was just like, we're not really ruining anything. It's already, it's already broken. Mm -hmm. So everybody thought it was going to be, okay, it's a done thing. And you didn't want to eat the fish out of the lake. And then it got to the point where the zebra mussels started getting in there killed off a lot of the vegetation which was the bad vegetation was holding all those chemicals and everything there was mercury that they videoed on the bottom and everything else and then all of a sudden it was almost like a shock we're kind of like shocking your pool it's that initial that kills everything off then it started to rebuild we started getting the weed beds back in the bait fish were there and everything started turning back around and then we started getting more numbers and the management started kicking in and it's just been a boom we just keep a record hatch records hatch and the zebra mussels are pointed at the top like any other kind of crab style um, clam style so when the walleyes drop their eggs they actually drop between the points of it so they're protected from the fish that are trying to eat the eggs so it's, it's kind of a win-win situation with something that was supposed to be a terrible thing. Mm -hmm. So we went from 1970, a dead lake, to basically one of the, the cleanest lakes, the cleanest lake of the Great Lakes, but in the country, one of the, actually the federal government says it's one of the cleanest lakes all in the nation, which I think is incredible in 50 years. I mean, I, I just hit 50 this, this year, so it's kind of like, well, I remember hearing it in the beginning, don't eat the fish, you can, then it went to one, one a month, and now you can have as many as you want. So yeah. that, that's to me, it's, it's incredible. And actually to be able to be around the entire time is, is something. And we're, we got the best of the best right now. To hear the entire conversation with Jim Steele, check out episode number four. Steve Hurst is chief of the Bureau of Fisheries in the Division of Fish and Wildlife for the New York Department of Environmental Conservation. Hurst says the fishery that Lake Erie has become is partly due to a lot of hard work and research and partly due to some luck and gifts from Mother Nature. We talked to Hearst back on episode 16. I, I don't have all the answers. I, I wanna say a lot of it is, we, you know, we've been doing some pretty cutting edge research to understand walleye. I don't know if you've tracked any of it, but we have what's called the GLaDOS system that's out in Lake Erie, you know, um, and that's an, a, a whole 
set of acoustic arrays that are throughout the lake. There's hundreds of them, all right? And we have transmitters and walleyes, and we've been tracking their movements, and we've learned a tremendous amount on, on walleyes and how to protect those and how to manage them. As far as why this burgeoning population, we've had three great year classes, all right? Why we've had three great year classes? Well, a lot of it can be environmental, just everything comes together, right? And it's beautiful because as a fisheries manager, you can usually ride one year class of walleye for about a decade, Yeah. okay? Um, but also, it just seems to be the decade of the walleye. I mean, you know, to, to toot our horn for some other fisheries, Chautauqua Lake, you know, just to the south of us here, phenomenal walleye fishing. You know, Oneida Lake, we've had another good year class of fish come off. So it kind of just seems to be like the decade of the walleye. Captain Ross Robertson owns and operates Big Water Fishing, a charter outfit based on the southwest corner of Lake Erie. You can also find a ton of great fishing information on his Big Water Fishing YouTube channel. Robertson says the key to consistently catching walleyes on Lake Erie is boat control. You know, just the other day I was out there and we, I did use my kicker, but we had a south wind that was blowing 25 miles an hour. So we were probably a mile offshore. It was rough as a cob. And if we didn't do that, the boat was going to dogleg. And, you know, again, I'm not out there for pretty points, you know, you can tell here, but, <laughs> but it doesn't matter what you think you would need. The reality is, is when you're doglegging, one side of the boat is not going to be consistent because now we change how those lures are pulling on one side. Don't believe me? Try it. So by, by running the kicker and my bow mount just the other day, literally I think it was two days ago, together, I was able to kind of keep a straight track and, and also follow the contour. You know, we seem to be getting fit, fit in a certain depth level there better. Um, so boat control is everything. You know, maybe you're using a drift bag because you want to slow down and not speed up. Um, all of these things, there, there's never just like everything people think that there's a one, there's a silver bullet answer and there's not. But when in doubt, I fish slower, as slow as I can, believe it or not. I mean, I want to fish as fast as I can, but typically I feel that when I fish slower than what most people are doing, I'm going to get bigger bites and I'm going to work that area over a little bit better and I'm going to get those fish the guys missed. Um, and I'm generally just using like my Minn Kota trolling motor. I don't know if it's the spooking factor, the, you know, more incremental speed control. I think it's all of those things. Um, but generally, if I have my druthers, that's what I what I do. Rob Oram from Icon Fishing is one of the most successful anglers on Lake Erie. His favorite technique is trolling with worms. Back on episode 19, Oram detailed how he builds his own worm harnesses. I make them all the same. Uh, I've gone to 20-pound test fluorocarbon. Um, I prefer Seaguar. I use number two fast grip hooks and I use uh, six millimeter beads and um, a number five Colorado blade. And uh, what I usually do is six or seven beads and then I put my clevis and my, and my blade on. Why the Colorado blade? It spins, I like the deep cup ones. Um, you can go slower, a little bit slower with them and still get a good spin on it. Been the most effective for me, the number five. So that's like my, my go-to, and, and I use it all, all year round here. Captain Lance Valentine's online fishing school, Teaching Fishing and Walleye 101, is helping anglers catch more fish all over the world. Valentine also runs a charter service. One of Valentine's favorite waterways is the Detroit River. The Detroit River flows into the western end of Lake Erie and has a legendary spring walleye run. It's my happy place. I get a chance for 50 days after the craziness of show season to go and all I have to worry about, and God bless my wife for this, all I have to worry about for those 50 days is fishing. 
I get up in the morning, I run a house with two of my buddy fishing buddies, I go to the marina, I take a group out, I have lunch, I take a second group out, I have dinner, I go to bed. My whole life for 50 days is immersed in fishing. I can't think of a better place to do it than the Detroit River. Easy fishing, hands-on fishing, right? So you actually have a rod in your hand, chance to catch the fish of a lifetime. Every, every time you're, you, you set the, the hook, could be 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 pound fish that are there, and lots of two to eight pound fish. So I, I can't think of a better place to be able to do what I love to do, teaching people how to fish in a place where they can catch a lot of fish and have a good time doing it. We talked to Valentine on episode 37 about building a fishing game plan. His eight steps to catch more and bigger fish is hugely popular on video and on the seminar tour. So what I like guys to do is once they figure out those, those top three things, location, how deep the water, and, and how deep the fish are. So now you know where you put your baits. I want them to put multiple things there. So let's say they caught a fish on a uh, three-inch skinny crankbait. I want them to put a five-inch fat crankbait at that same location at the same depth. I want them to put a spoon in that same location. Uh, maybe I want them to run, if they're, if they're running at the right speed, maybe a crawler harness. So instead of six of the same thing in different colors, I want six different baits because now what you've done, you know the, you're fishing over the fish, you know they're aggressive, you know they're active, now you've given them six choices. Because sometimes that bait we catch our first one or two fish on isn't the best bait for the day. There may be something completely different. So I usually try to, so a great example, uh, Deep Little Ripper is a little three inch, you know, skinny long, you know, skinny bait, three inches long. If I catch a fish on that, my first response is to put out a six or seven inch bait on the other side of the boat. So now I've given two different profiles, right? Mm -hmm. And now I'll catch two or three more fish on the little one. Now I know I need to stay. Now I've just, I've just eliminated some size things. Now I can go through my box and put shad style crankbaits that same size. I can pick a spoon that same size. I've kind of dialed in the size, but I'm not giving them different options. Uh, going through fish one time, catching fish and going back a different speed. Can you catch more or bigger fish a little bit faster, a little bit slower? Adjusting your speed is easy. Uh, putting different style divers. We're out here in Dunkirk and we, we have to get down 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 feet. Well, a dipsy diver makes your lure look different than running that same lure at the same depth behind a lead core. So all those different options. I want you, once you figure out where the fish are and how deep you need to be, I want you to put multiple stuff in there, and then if you catch three or four more fish, you're gonna be able to take some stuff out and say, okay, I don't need to worry about this today because they're not gonna bite that. They like this kind of stuff. That's where five fish days turn into 10 fish days, 10 fish days turn into 20 fish days, is giving the fish a choice. Let them tell you what they want, because they'll definitely tell you. They'll tell you yes or they'll tell you no. No is okay. You just know you don't need to worry about that stuff anymore. Too many guys get a yes, and that's all they wanna do is just catch those yes fish instead of getting to the best answer. Lake Erie is a walleye mecca, but it's not the only place on the Great Lakes to find walleyes. Captain Troy Peterson is known as Mr. Bluegill, but he's also a walleye expert. He calls the waters in and around Green Bay, Wisconsin home. Green Bay is a well-known upper Midwest hotspot for several species, including walleye. He says finding structure is the key to finding walleyes on Green Bay. So a lot of the times, you know, when guys are, you know, fishing these big tournaments, and uh, they're looking for those trophy fish, uh, they're concentrating and keying in on specific structure spots. Um, a lot of big boulders, I mean, the size of, you know, my boat um, are areas that these fish will relate to. And uh, year after year, you know, guys pull these big monster walleyes off of those spots, whether it be trolling spinner baits or, you know, casting um, shiver minnows or, you know, uh, ripping wraps or, uh, 
uh, you know, any type of jig style bait or a fast action type of bait over those deep structure areas. Um, that's kind of where we're at right now. But in the springtime, you know, when we're first starting off, um, you've got all these tributaries that dump into the bay. Uh, so all those big females, some of them will come all the way down to the Fox River. Some of them will, you know, hit the western tributaries and they go up there to spawn and they pre, you know, the, the pre-spawn, they stage out in front of these, these tributaries. And depending on the ice conditions and when the ice goes out, um, typically, you know, that, uh, that early season is, you know, the time to get those, you know, those trophy fish or the fish of a lifetime uh, when they're still full of spawn and you can go up there and it's pretty much a lot of just casting um, guys do like to troll I'm not a big fan of trolling I, I do a lot more casting than I do trolling um, but the, you can catch them and you know just about every way you know how to catch a walleye you can do it up there just I tell people just upsize your baits a little bit and uh, you know if you want to catch big fish use big baits Thanks to all our guests so far on the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast. I've received a few recommendations for upcoming guests, and I'm reaching out to those anglers. If you know someone who would be a potential guest for the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast, feel free to email me at chris at greatlakesfishingpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. For more information on fishing the Great Lakes, visit our blog at fishhawkelectronics.com.